Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch. Player 1, Shaquille Madjuri. Player 2, I don't trust people with two first names, Dan Tom, MMA analyst over at MMA Junkie, as well as everywhere else in the MMA space these days. Dan, how are you, buddy? Oh, doing great, man. Thanks, thanks for having me, Shaq. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here on a, on a Friday with you. It's, doing, it's, a, it's a good time. We're missing the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., media day but i feel like they're the ones really missing out right now i i i i would say i think so too uh although you know those gentlemen at their advanced age uh we still can't hold a candle to them let's be honest 100 and you know it's a problem i was telling you before how i'm working on building a set behind me and i was gonna go with a wood theme the issue is now everyone's gonna think i'm copying you not at all man you you, you got my blessing uh if i had some extra wood i could i could ship over to you to canada i would but you know you got to grab what you can, man, and I, I think you're going to do uh, just fine, especially with the samurai swords. You've already, you've already uh, got me one up there, man. Those yeah, are, those I, are much nicer than compliments. mine. So shout out to my dad for setting those up. Let's dive right into it, guys. This is One Two Punch. If you're familiar with the show, you know how he rock. If it's your first time hopping in, this is a One Two Punch. We operate on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to sign the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for this weekend's fights. When we say winners and losers, it's basically just whose stock went up, whose stock went down. We mean no offense. I'm going to hit this animated intro. And we will get started. Okay, just a few notes. If you guys could please hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Those kind acts go such a long way to helping the channel grow. We really do appreciate it. And we already got some chats going. Thank you guys so much. Engage with us in the live chat. We'll get to all your questions. We'll get to all your comments. It's a lot more fun when you guys host with us. If you're feeling extra generous today, a super chat donation never hurts. And if nothing else, the more you guys talk, the more I know that this stream hasn't completely bugged out on me. Cure my paranoia a bit. Okay, Dan, let's get into it. Uh, we made a remark about it off the top, but I can't help but say the biggest winner this weekend is Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. It's probably the most anticipated, it's without a doubt now, the bigger event this weekend if it wasn't before it is because 
Derek Blaze, Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades is no longer happening. We'll get to that in the loser section of the show. Uh, how? Let's say I, I know there's you know there's like ESPN Plus versus the paid platforms that Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. is on. How much more do you expect Roy Jones Tyson to sell or draw in terms of viewership over UFC? If at all. I mean, to be honest, I, I think they were already going to hit a, a decent number uh, because the offering wasn't that strong to begin with. As big of a hit as losing a main event always is, right? No matter what promotion we're talking about. Let's also be honest. It wasn't very strong as far as the UFC offering on ESPN. I mean, it's even supposed to technically be billed as an ESPN card, and uh, which isn't the first time that ESPN has done this, but they bumped it actually to ESPN Plus slash ESPN2 for a portion, which kind of tells you the priority that their own house thinks of it. But they're kind of playing for a different scale, which uh, I guess I'll save there as I give you props because peeling behind the curtain, I dare say you may or may not have tipped off what your winner was going to be this week before the cancellation. So, yes, I believe your 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 pick there ages very well, Shaq. Yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? It's sort of the nature of the beast right now. I say Credit due to the UFC, they're going to keep rolling. Uh, looks like Anthony Smith versus Devin Clarkson be your three-round main event. Okay, what from your understanding at this point, what are the rules for Tyson versus Jones? Because every day it seems like we're getting a new update on the rule set. From my understanding, according to Andy Foster of the Ca- uh, California State Athletic Commission, no winner will be announced. There are no judges. No knockdowns are allowed. No cuts. They say no knockouts. But if there's no winner, that means there's no loser. So if someone gets knocked out, the fight ends. I think we all know who won. How do you foresee this playing out? Are they going to really go for it? Or is it going to be a glorified sparring match? Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of column A and column B. I think it's going to be a glorified sparring match where they do end up going for it because that is the nature, which I feel like kind of X's out uh, for anybody too worried about the no knockouts being allowed. I think the only rule you really have to stress here, Shaq, is the cut. Because if there's a cut, now we're in a position or, or you know, the general we are in a position to call the bluff of the commission, right? Because now if there's a cut, okay, commission, you said that y'all are going to stop it. You're going to stop it. Everyone's watching. So I think that's going to be the primary pressure point. But overall, here's what it feels like to me, Shaq. It feels like they essentially have to have these rules to sell it and even get it cleared. So you dress it up. You do all your window dressing that commissions like because let's be honest they're all about window dressing not as much about safety as they like to advertise much less accountability another argument for another day the problem is even though that sells with the commission they went and they almost like they kept that description they didn't change it for the fans and that description obviously turned off um, a lot of fans so now we're seeing them overcorrected the other way you know they're putting you know belts on the line where they both get belts at the end and it's all well-meaning. I'm not hating on it, but it's kind of really clear they're just trying to window dress it at this point. Yeah, it's super confusing. Uh, I'm going to go to Jobber JJ. He's asking about the rule set here. I'll give it a shot. Dan, feel free to interject if I'm completely messing it up because I'm just as confused as everyone at this point. So from my understanding is you kind of got to look at it as two main bodies. There's the athletic commission and there's the event promoters. So from the athletic commission's point of view, officially, no, you know, uh, after tonight's or after saturday night's event you will not see a w or an l next to either mike tyson or roy jones jr's name meaning no judges are necessary however the wbo triller etc they're going to have their own ceremonial winners the uh celebrity judges will announce 
someone is the winner of the event. So I think from a fan's point of view, we will have a winner uh, officially, though no such thing will exist in the record books. Is, is that correct? That's what it sounds like to me. The celebrity judges thing was the latest that was just really kind of hit me upside the head. Like, really? What are you going to do? Uh, Chuck Norris better be one of them, by the way. I would love that. Dodgeball. I would love that. Uh, Joseph Boza chimes in. It's like Andy Foster is washing his hands of the pay-per-view, uh, yet it's 50 bucks. Yeah, you know, I... So Mike Tyson has talked about having this old man's league that spans across multiple sports, basically any retired or out of prime, you know, after their prime athlete who wants to still compete should have a platform to do so. I'm a fan. Like, I, you know, people say Anderson Silva needs to retire, et cetera, et cetera. I am always welcoming, so long as people can compete at a level, to have a platform to do so. I know the pure, some purists are really uninterested in the idea of Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr., but how do you feel about seeing these two guys get back in the boxing ring? I mean, as a guy now that, you know, granted, when this pandemic's over, is going to start looking at uh, where I fit in on the age range as far as master's divisions <laughs> and things start going, right? I got to start looking. I'm, I'm getting toward that age, so obviously I'm more sympathetic uh, for places to compete, but I'm talking about jujitsu, and I'm talking about, you know, at a, at a Dan Tom level, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not talking about head trauma at a Tyson level and a Tyson weight because it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, big weight swinging is big weight swinging and power is the last thing to go. So it really gets tricky when we're talking about A, pugilistic sports and B, heavier heavier weight classes. There comes with a heavier price tag. There's no biological free lunch. So I'm not one to tell people what to do. But let's just say I completely understand anyone's reservation um, as far as drawing the line, being okay with grappling and other competitions mm-hmm. for senior outlet. But when it comes to pugilistic stuff and, and, and with all the things on the line and we're finding out, I don't blame anybody for being reserved uh, against Tyson's idea. Looking down at the rest of this card, uh, you know, Rashad Coulter is someone we have here, MMA fighter, now boxing uh, on the main card of an event that boasts Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., uh, you know Jake Paul is going to draw in some viewers. Whether or I mean, it, it's it's it should be unanimous that he's a dunce, but whatever the case may be, we got three-time NBA Slam Dunk champion Nate Robinson there. What sort of platform does this give younger, less-known guys like Rashad Coulter? Because it's funny he gets cut from the UFC and now he's without a doubt in the on the biggest stage of his career yeah i'm glad you mentioned that like the rashad cultures are definitely the silver linings like i don't know what uh what's that cat who's doing really well he used to fight max holloway cassius clay collard i believe um he scored some upsets in the boxing realm like i love to see that uh whether it's mm you know if we're gonna be gimmicky at least be gimmicky toward fighters who could use the paycheck who are actual fighters who have dedicated their life have taken the knocks on all levels and paid their dues I will always vote for those guys. Um, that being said, I'm not the biggest boxing head, but yes, I would like to see them use it for boxers. You know, that's the one thing that even MMA, ardent MMA fans give boxing credit for when we're trying to be critical uh, as far as matchmaking and building up fighters. Boxing still has a better model or less dangerous model, let's say, right? Um, uh, say what you will about any, uh, any, any, any types of corruption, but like it's, it's a less, more dangerous, more proven model to build people up. I would like to see them use that than for the Jake or Logan Pauls of the world who I just think are complete scum and uh, 
as people. And um, I'm not sympathetic to the, uh, even though we need YouTube and we appreciate y'all for joining us, but um, a YouTube content creator does not mean you can step into a ring and, you know, use, use uh, that as a platform that people have earned um, to uh, use for, for negative and, and selfish reasons. That's just my opinion. Ugh, I, I, we're not going to go down this road very long. I want to take a brief detour on Jake Paul's idiocy. Uh, apparently, I, I was listening to Philip DeFranco. I think he did an interview with maybe the Huffington Post or something. And he called the ongoing, I'm not going to say the word because I don't want to get demonetized, but the ongoing thing that everyone in the world is experiencing right now, a hoax. And I'm not even I don't, I'm not even going to get into whether or not this is real or it's not real. I don't want to have that conversation right now. But when asked to elaborate on why he thought it was a hoax, he basically said, I don't want to and I don't have to. So if you're going to take a stance, if you're going to put out a statement, back it up or else just leave it be. So I don't know. It's it's unfortunate that we have these sorts of people uh, able to, you know, if he's able to craft an audience for himself, more power to it. If he wants to get punched in the face, more power to him, but stay in some kind of lane, please. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're not going to um, help, help the fighters. I mean, fighter pay, whether we're bo- talking about boxing or MMA, um, it's in, in need to be addressed. And um, I don't think he's coming over with, there with the Conor McGregor, a boat rises all tides mentality. Let's just say. Yeah. Uh, last thing on Tyson Jones, uh, Jobber Chimes and says, does anyone trust Tyson to have a sparring match? It's Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson comes off as like a super reserved, evolved guy compared to the boxer that he used to be. But everyone I know who's met Tyson says he's still got that switch. Like, he's so calm, but you, ha- you have a feeling that if shit hits the fan, he's going swinging. I-, I think Tyson is probably looking for a finish tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah, and then that, and I just think that, like, no matter how friendly him and Roy Jones, let's just assume they are mm-hmm. for the sake of it. And regardless of whether Tyson's switch, how close of reach it is at this point, it is advantage, even if it's further. I feel like as soon as Roy Jones doesn't even have to hit him hard, he just has to touch him and then style a little bit. And I think that's just going to piss Tyson off. Like, no, then the ego comes into play and go, no, I'm here to show what I've been working. You're not here to show off on me, sir. And that, that's where it goes haywire. Yes, I, I look forward to seeing it. Let's move on to my other winner of the day very briefly. Uh, if you recall, prior to UFC 255, Mike Perry was auctioning off one of his corner spots. He has, of course, the great, the critically acclaimed Latoya Gonzalez, his pregnant fiancé in his corner, and then he had a second spot that he was hoping to sell off. Now, UFC President Dana White came out at some point and said, you're not allowed to do that, yet we come to find out over the last few days that it actually happened, and that the, uh, shout out to the uh, Reddit slash MMA community, um, who rallied around one individual, raised the money, and a guy from Reddit won the spot. He traveled to Vegas. He was in Mike Perry's corner, and he actually gave some pretty decent cornering advice. You know, I appreciate that this guy, who probably does not have much of an MMA background, stayed in his lane. He gave some very basic advice. He said, you know, Tim Means is letting you back him up. Back him up. You're going to win this fight against the fence. And Mike Perry even gave him a shout out, said, hey, man, good coaching. Just couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, In a sea of horrible, terrible Mike Perry news, this was a rare shining light. I think it was super cool that this random guy on Reddit got the opportunity. 
That is surprising. I didn't hear his corner advice. And that actually is good advice, uh, all considering. The only thing I heard was, um, I believe, like, right before uh, the fight was about to st- start or the first round or the fight, and the corners already kind of have to clear. You just hear, which I'm assuming is this corner man, just one of those nervous, like, I'm not sure, do I shout it now? When do I shout it kind of moments? And he goes, get a mic. Like, but it was at the most awkward, hearable time. And you even hear, like, the production <laughs> kind of, like, Anik and them go, oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. Everything, everything about. Uh... It, you know, let's, let's put it this way. It was better than, it was better than anything that Alex Nicholson could have been yelling. That's for oh, dang 100%. sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that Mike Perry's personal life kind of fuels the person that he is inside the cage. I just wish we could have a fine separation. I wish it was a gimmick that he turned on on fight night because Mike Perry is so entertaining once the walkout starts all the way until the final bell. Yeah, man, if you could, like, cut out all the offensive stuff that, <laughs> somehow and still well, have you can't. You can't the same guy, it, unfortunately. I mean, but I wish you could. I wish we lived in a world where it was an act. It was, he, he, he didn't say anything on social media. He stayed at home. But then when it's lights, camera, action, he turned on that goofball that enters the cage. That yeah, that, part that, of that Phil Baroni 2.0 style, man. Let's not get into Phil Baroni, speaking of guys on social media. Uh, oh, Dan, Dan uh, is there any other winner you wanted to highlight this week before we move on to the losers? Um, pretty much. I was just going to say, even though uh, to support your winner, uh, that yes, I do believe Jones Tyson is the winner uh, over the UFC card. However, the UFC is ultimately the winner because they can still get away with <laughs> passing off cards like this and they're still getting paid. Uh, and I just will include a winner being Davis and Figueredo slash the flyweight division. Um, this will kind of curtail, I think w- with your losers and don't worry, I won't step on that, but it's just funny that um, all of a sudden this division that was re- getting ready to get x by the president day uh, is now saving the day, right? Which is kind of weird. Uh, and, you know, you've got guys like uh, Figueredo just demanding bonuses in his office and getting paid in cash. Like, that's what y'all should be excited yeah. about. Like, that's some boss movery right there. And the fact that it's flyweights, you got to give them the W. And uh, in, a, in a rare moment, moment of amusing honesty from UFC President Dana White at that UFC 255 post-fight presser when it was revealed that Davison versus Moreno may be Uh, added to a December pay-per-view or December fight card. Uh, Someone asked, I don't remember who it was. It could have been Oscar Willis of the Mac Life, but I'm not sure. Anywho, someone asked, are you worried at all about Davison making a flyweight on three weeks' notice? And Dana White goes, yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why he wouldn't let him go back home to Brazil, I guess, right? They're going to keep him locked up in the P.I. Uh, all right, we're going to head to our losers. Before we do, just a quick reminder, everyone, please hit the subscribe button, tap that notification bell, leave a like on this video. Keep chatting with us, guys. We love hearing from you. Let us know, are there any winners that we missed this week? Who are your biggest losers? A little super de- chat donation would warm the heart in on a cold November day. But let's get to our losers. First, most obvious, Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. There goes half of our UFC Vegas 15 preview because they were the headliners. Curtis Blades tests positive for you-know-what. The fight, I imagine, will be rescheduled soon. Uh, Well, this sucks for everyone. I don't know what to say beyond that. Yeah, man. Um, Again, not to to, to tip, uh, you know, to peel back the curtain too much for your audience, but this was another one where you submitted your loser or teased it to me. 
And boy, did it age well, right? Because uh, this news had not come down the pipe yet. And I think that curtails nicely. But yeah, big loss at heavyweight. And it's a bummer. It is it is a bummer um, for all the reasons I think you were going to get into uh, for why, you know, your your, your losers, uh, whether it was another person or another person in this division, why, why they're all kind of suffering right now, right? Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, like I said, credit to the UFC for pressing forward. Uh, I guess a winner potentially could be Devin Clark. Now, I you know, I know Anthony Smith needs its win. We're going to get to that on the Vegas 15 preview. But short notice, main event fight could be a little bit of a coming out party for Devin Clark if he gets the win over Anthony Smith. You mean, uh, Astrid, you mean Devin Clark's dad, okay? Let's be honest here. This is the apex. And, uh, you know, in a place where you can be heard – um, Devin Clark's dad reigns supreme. That is David Clark. You know, uh, he's my favorite part about doing Dave study in the Devin Clark fight, believe me. And, uh, I think he's going to get the real shine, but in all honesty, yeah, this, everyone's talking about, this is a, a surprising consecutive main event for Anthony Smith, which it is, but yeah, you know, you're right. Not, not, not enough people talking about, Hey, this is uh, Devin Clark's first, you know, can he, uh, can, can he rise to the opportunity? He is, you know, I think he's got his most consistent streak. Yet, granted, it's a two-fight streak, but, you know, we'll see what he can do with it. Uh, last note on Blades versus Lewis, because it kind of uh, dovetails into my other loser, but let's assume this fight gets rebooked sooner rather than later. Where does each guy go from with a win? Because, like, we're starting to see again with middleweight and light heavyweight, there's a bit of a log jam happening here. Blades wins. He's lost twice decisively and convincingly to Francis Ngannou. Can't foresee him getting a title shot anytime soon. Same with Derek Lewis. I don't see him skipping over the line right now. It seems like these guys are fighting for not much other than a payday and uh, relevancy. I agree. Um, Between Derek Lewis's draw and appeal, you could easily make the argument that whether he wins or loses, his status stays the exact same, right? Um, And then let's not even get into the rankings as far as that goes. I'm sure he wouldn't even drop too far down in that regard, right? Whereas Curtis Blades, I think it's more frustrating for him because he's already been on a frustrating log jam. You know what I'm saying? He's already had to face, you know, um, his kryptonite of the division and build back up from that a couple of times now. So for me, if this fight gets pushed on any longer or even if you want and the fight happened and, um, you know, I still feel like Blades is in the same territory where it's either continue to wait and play drink the beer where you, all you win is another beer or he starts considering taking fights in the interim in efforts to fight out his contract and head in another direction if you know what i'm saying yeah and uh i appreciate curtis blades has went, been one of the more honest open parties he was speaking with tsn's aaron bronsetter and said you know when asked about a potential matchup with john jones he's like look i can get 200k to fight a bum or i can get paid 200k to fight john jones why would i do that why would i fight john jones so i i do appreciate it seems like more and more fighters are willing to at least have those conversations publicly and like i said Derek lewis curtis blades that touched into my second loser which unfortunately is one of the biggest winners in the ufc and that is francis Ngannou. He spoke with Brian Campbell of Morning Combat. Shout out to all the great work those uh, both he and Luke Thomas do. And Francis Ngannou tells Brian Campbell he's frustrated that Francis is in the prime of his career and he's stuck waiting on the sidelines because for whatever reason, a, a fight doesn't seem to materialize. And it's weird, right? Because 
Dana White has made it clear that Francis Ngannou is next in line for a world title shot against champ Stipe Miocic, that John Jones will not be getting the first crack at heavyweight. So my question is, what are we waiting on at this point? Why can't Francis get his fight? Man, I feel like there is just this love, romance, bromance drama that we didn't see happen that was bigger than we thought after that UFC 220, I believe. Uh, failure to get the title against Stipe Miocic, you know, that, that fallout, you know, it was, Ninganu was his guy, that was his Tyson, you saw the promos, you saw the production they were putting into him, you know, speaking of Tyson, right? Uh, we know those are kind of Dana's profiles, first round finishers, big heavyweights, a promoter's dream, not just a, a Dana White dream, right? And since then, let's just say he's been very sour, and I think that what I don't know if you're 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 edging at that, but let's kind of like look at what we're outlining here in his situation. He too has been on quite the queue, right? He's been waiting for a very long time, and I do think that there are some things in there, you know, um, whether it's this side's hard to negotiate than we realize, or that side's harder to negotiate than maybe we suspect. I'm sure again, it's a little bit of column A and column B. I guess the point I'm trying to make is I do think that there's some. There are some really some things that happened, man, that just has not healed uh, with Dana White and Francis Ngannou. I think that's one thing that's clear because politics, divisional mishaps aside, they should have been able to find a way to keep him busy and further promote his brand by now. Do we have any insight? Because I might have just missed this completely. Do we have any insight where the friendly relationship might have turned between Francis and the UFC, if that's the case? You got whenever pressed, you, that's where kind of you had those Dana White quotes came up um, about 2018-ish of like, kid got an ego you know uh he was walking around like he owned the pi like that's where like if if you're familiar with those quotes that's what they were in reference to and when dana white gives those answers you usually that's generally his stance you're not going to get much follow-up from either side well i wonder who could have inflated francis Ngannou's ego so much heading into that steve amicic fight i i don't know man I, i i said this back uh you know back heading into that title fight which is it's not that, first of all, I've been a Stipe diehard for a long, long time now, well before he was a title contender. And so I was one of the few people who was really siding with him against Ngannou. But more than that, what troubled me is how overconfident Francis was heading into that fight. And it's because he was billed and promoted as such. And maybe I'm just shooting in the dark here, but I have a feeling that a lot of that sort of ego drive that he had comes from his cultural background, right? Like, you know, UFC is an American promotion. We sort of expect the Hollywood flair. And when you promote Francis Ngannou as such, to me, I see it as marketing. But I could imagine for Francis Ngannou, someone you know, shoveling, what was it, concrete, cement in, in Paris, coming over here, he might have had a little bit more trouble distinguishing what is hype versus what is, you know, a, a genuine assessment of my skills. Of course he's going to have an ego when the when the UFC promotes him like that. And he's a fighter, and he's just a biologically big man. And if you're a big guy, you have already kind of gotten a yes-man treatment in a lot of ways because there's not a lot of people saying no to you on many levels. They want to be your friend. They want to be on your team, um, and so on and so forth. So... It's kind of like the, the the hot girl syndrome, you know what I'm saying? Like if you if you're not careful and you read your two, your clippings, you can you can get lost in the sauce a bit, right? No matter how how beautiful and great you really are, it, it still is a very dangerous game. Hundred percent. I want to go to Joseph Boza 
In the chat real quick, he says, does the cancellation of Lewis versus Blades say goodbye to your credit card rewards? Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Confirmed that Ngannou should get Stipe. It would come down to, does Stipe want to fight on Fight Island? I think, irregardless, Francis Ngannou is the number one contender. There's no way Curtis Blades should get that shot over him. Derek Lewis technically has a win over Ngannou, but his record in the last stretch has been shoddy. Meanwhile, Francis after the Stipe and Derek Lewis losses, four first-round KOs or TKOs. I think it's two minutes and 46 seconds combined, something like that. Uh, it shouldn't be anyone else. Let's touch on the Stipe angle real quick. Is there any is Stipe Miocic holding out on any of this? We know that he wasn't going to be pressed into a fight during the pandemic. He is a first responder. He said, I'm going to fight once I'm able to get the sort of training camp I need. I'm guessing he's probably not too eager to go to Abu Dhabi. Not that the fight can't take place stateside. Do you think Stipe Miocic is holding out on any of this? Again, man, I'm going to reference uh, Days of Our Lives, UFC 2018. That's another relationship that, you know, has not been in the same since UFC 220. And, and for good reason, you know, when you've got that kind of corporate approach where you're treating, you know, your own champion like cannon fodder, Adela, Amanda Nunes, Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, you know, I do not blame any of these fighters for taking it a bit personal. I mean, again, they're fighters, so they already should have egos and they already should have tips on their shoulder. That's like a prerequisite. So to hold it against the fighters is unfair, folks. You don't have to be the biggest fan of them, but you can't hold those things against them. They need those things. Um, so if you're only going to feel it with like outright disrespect and non-promotion, like it's, it, it doesn't take a, a genius to, to see like, you know, there was a reason why Stipe wanted his manager to put the belt on him, right? Mm-hmm and not Dana. And, um, and again, Dana has not been afraid to go combat. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, I I think that's better than, you know, the the way other people have dealt with it, who have feuded with them, you know, like Tito Ortiz at the UFC 84 weigh-ins with that t-shirt that he, that he spawned. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't anything new. I'm not trying to like, Ooh, drama, drama folks. Like, is it really that crazy that Dana would have a a personal vendetta with a fighter and that fighter would take it personal? and try to hold whatever leverage he has as a champion against uh, the promotion when he finally has the leverage. Yeah. I I guess I don't blame Stipe. It's it's not fun as a Stipe fan. I want to see him fight. I don't like the, you know, the, the the, uh, proverbial pissing contest, whether it's with DC, whether it's with the UFC, like it it all sucks, but at the same time, I'm all for fighters rights. And if there's something going on and these guys need to get paid a certain amount, then go ahead and do that fighters before you sign that line. And again, John Jones, the third party in this uh, touch-and-go relationship with the UFC, too. Uh, That's where we are on that. Uh, I want to move on to our UFC Vegas 15 preview, unless you have any other losers you wanted to highlight. 
Uh, Other than Jake. No, just, just it feels like it feels like it feels like the the, the fans with the quality of content sometimes <laughs> I feel for them. But aside from that, no. Yeah, and we're actually going to get to that a little bit more on the draw on the preview section. Sure. Again, last reminder, guys: subscribe, like, tap notification bell, hit us up in the chat, super chat, all that good business. I won't bore you with it too much. UFC Vegas 15. What an interesting card. Let's start here because you know I've had this topic before we say is this the weakest card they've had i want to go a little easy on the ufc is this the weakest card they will have for the rest of the year i'm in so tunnel vision like i only come up for air like a submarine you know this uh these these week-to-week grinds and uh ufc 256 you know seems in 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 turmoil you know they're they're sending out the help me one obi-wan kenobis and um but that being said you know yeah Let's be optimists here, Shaq. Sure, it's not going to get any worse than this, folks, hopefully. Okay, well, let me let me run down the cards a bit. The final fight night of the year is great. Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Chimaev. Steven Thompson versus Jeff Neal. Uh, Marci- Marcin Taibura versus Greg Hardy. Marlon Marais versus Rob Font. Misha Serkinov versus Ryan Spann. And on the bottom of that list on the main card right now, Jose Aldo versus Marlon Chito Vera. So we got a possibly the best fight night i can remember in a long time uh wow. ufc 256 not as great i think next week's card is in the running though let me read you out some of the fights on uh ufc vegas 16 i don't even know who's fighting next yeah this week. <laughs> exactly well the headliner was supposed to be jack hermanson versus darren till which would have been a lot of fun it's now jack hermanson versus kevin holland which interesting but a, a, a huge jump for unranked kevin holland other cards, I, other notable names I see on this card are John Vellante, uh, Betch Cohea, Louis Smoka, and Oven, Oven St. Pru, Montana, De La Rosa. Those are probably the four biggest Wait, is people it, I see. Is, is that John Vellante versus uh, Jake Collier? It is. The matchmakers have such a cruel sense of humor. Oh, my gosh. They do. This is this, is this matchmaking 101. They go off of names. Like, you know, bang cunts, or they go off of body types. Oh, they've got a sense of humor, don't they, Shaq? <laughs> tell me, for, for those who aren't familiar with Jake Collier, tell me, what is the joke here? He was uh, known for uh, his first stint at, UFC, at the UFC at 185, where he fought, like, the majority of his career. Um, but he came in as a heavyweight, and don't get me wrong, to quote Julian Marquez, middleweights are heavyweights who cut weight. That is no surprise. However, when Collier came in at heavyweight, he, I believe he came in all of two... 50 to 265 he looked almost unrecognizable and as a guy who believe me I'll, I'll show you my competition photos when I was cutting down to the 140s you could accuse me of being almost unrecognizable but but it, this was almost another level I didn't recognize the dude and I've covered him before and then John Vellante came in just you know letting his Long Island Italian you know flag fly and I don't look like it but I'm part Italian I'm part Paisan I understand I understand the battle and the love for the carbs I'm not hating my yeah. Italian brothers or sisters I'm just saying. So uh, these guys both came in very festive, let's just say. So just to match the two festive guys during this uh, time of the year, it's amazing. <laughs> Love it. I want to give a quick shout out to Ron Patel for a super chat donation. Thank you so much, Ron. Did not leave a comment, so I'm just going to say uh, that Ron is a handsome, confident man, um, a lover. He. <laughs> Uh, he he listens well, ladies and gentlemen. Um, good listener, it's a good quality. Com- communication first, 
he, he's the sort of guy you want to bring home to your parents. So if, if Ron is available, please scoop him up this holiday season. It's the best gift you can give yourself. Now, with that out of the way, uh, let's see what else we got on UFC Vegas 15. Uh, oh, yeah. So wait, wait. For comparison, Vegas 15, Vegas 16, which one's worse? I'm going to say well, this we week. S- I'm going to say that at least yeah. next week we have a highly ranked contender headlining it. I don't know. There's some decent matchups, which we'll talk about on this card. So um, I'll go the opposite. I'll say okay. next week's going to end up worse. Like we'll see. How, we'll have to wait till we'll see how it plays out. But, you know. Deal. Uh, last note on UFC Vegas 15. What happens if Anthony Smith loses? Um, then I think we uh, kind of know where, where his, his career is, is, is headed, which is not in a bad place because he's a talented guy. Um, who still seems like he's will be active in the martial arts scene and does analyst work is really good at that. I like Anthony Smith. I like him as an analyst. Uh, but for me, it kind of portends more of a canary in the coal mine theory of a lot of these fighters we see um, doing the analyst gigs. It's a popular gig. I don't blame anybody for wanting it. Man, one of my dreams is just to be able to call fights at any level. Like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. However, you got to wonder, you know, it's kind of like that theory where when a fighter starts talking about retirement, and you see a trend, uh, whether they win or lose, they don't look that great. They're on their way out, yada, yada. I feel like this could be another, perhaps, uh, telltale sign when fighters start moving toward the analysts and the corporate stuff. And we've seen it before when fighters get the, you know, dancing with the stars opportunities or this or that, the performances tend to go down. So it's something to watch out for as a Smith fan. I agree. And I don't think that it's exclusively because you know, their heart isn't in it anymore. I just think that at this level, at the highest level of MMA competition, it has to basically be your sole singular pursuit. Um, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of these, I know Justin Gaethje is probably a bit of an extreme example, but he says, no wife, no kids, no relationships. This is my focus. And I think, I think you can balance life a little bit better than that, but you know, as someone in the MMA media, I find myself already struggling with work-life balance. I can't imagine what it must be like for a fighter at the highest level. Yeah, yeah, man, it's tough. Even as a just not like as, you know, just amateur competitor, I remember whenever I was in camp or competitions, I, I didn't know anything that was going on. I was a terrible MMA. I was my worst MMA fan at those periods because, you know, for whatever reason, I was granted, I'm was juggling a job like many of these pro fighters are still having to do by the way folks um you don't have time for a lot of what people would think you have time for so yes Gaethje's answer is obviously more amongst the more extreme but it's actually completely normal as far as in theme and in theory uh because you do have to commit yourself when you're doing these things they're very time consuming they're very mind consuming and everything in between so that that doesn't surprise me too much Gonna go to the chat real quick. Uh, Jobber liked my impromptu little celebration of Ron, so it's not a bad Tinder profile. I gotta work. I, I think I, I was a little rocky at the start. I think I capped it off well. Sean Rossap is so good at these improvised promos. I gotta get my licks in if I'm gonna continue to uh, nice. make those pro wrestling media appearances. And then Joseph Boza says, I can understand Habib wanting to walk away, but why can't Dana understand it? Because Dana White likes money. Uh, does it come down to money? Yes, it does. How long does the UFC not have a lightweight champion before one is finally crowned? Well, okay, so let's. I, I, I'm I'm prepared to die on the hill that Habib will not fight again, just because I want to believe that there's someone in the sport, 
principled, and not to say people can't change their minds, but someone who is so firm on their principles and their beliefs that they will reject anything and everything the UFC throws at them. I know Habib and Dana have a meeting planned. I know Dana refuses to crown another lightweight contender right now. You're an odds guy. What are the odds that Habib fights again? Uh, I feel like the odds, even if it's not my belief, that it should be this high or this low, depending on your perspective. I would say a moderate favorite at a minus 220 that'll fight again. Um, I hope that's not the case. I, If you're going to make me a, a, submit an official ballot or pick, I will go the opposite way. But I feel like if Vegas were to set that line, you need to set a fair line that entices action. And I think that minus 220 for any fighter to come back, hashtag MMA retirements, um, that would be it. I just... I just hope they find out soon and have this meeting soon, Shaq, because it's starting to feel like Dana White's daddy and we're kids at the table. And, you know, mom stepped out on daddy and daddy's not wanting to accept it. So he's still setting the dinner plate like he's still setting one for mom. And we're like, dad, mom hasn't been home in months. Let it go. And he's like, shut up. She's coming back. Hey. <laughs> and it's really getting weird. So I hope they, they figure it out soon. I don't know what you're talking about, man. Dana White has always said when someone's ready to retire. I fully support their decision. Again, he's he's having trouble uh, letting this one go. Uh, yeah. This one, uh, you know, I don't know if they, they didn't get the prenuptials straight, you know, and and now he's got this build a build a fit and sell over in uh, the UAE. And with Khabib's help, that would be much more helpful. Who knows? A lot of lot of tinfoil hat theories out there. Yeah, and uh, as we wrap up here, Dan, I I forgot a bunch of the gimmicks this week. We didn't settle on a drink of the week. I didn't ask you to prepare an embarrassing story but i do want to ask you this as an odds guy are you prepared on air to say right now on average how much money you win each year me um i keep in beer money very healthfully i think that i'll give you the answer that's the truth it's the same answer i give my podcast uh i try to now i get really dangerous when my account builds up and i, I get a little management's not 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 the nicest and then you have to do deal with the funny withdrawal so i keep it healthy and i just keep in beer money man uh i bet like with the nine-year-old with a really good allowance mm -hmm. and i try to keep certain limits for each card certain limits um for uh, a, a, a singular a singular play everyone has their own i'm not the best manager um but i i, I do stand by my pick percentages um even if it's like the skewed main card pick percentages over at junkie i think i'm like number one there but i can't brag because i'm like oh i'm a fight analyst i'm supposed to be number one um so but it's it's tough man don't let anybody bs you because even somebody who uh comes out on the positive uh i would like to say per month per year um picks however you want to delineate that like dude it's like a 68 or 69 percent positive and that's like a good pick percentage in the mma game don't let anybody fool you like, you know, saying like, you know, I, I pick in the 80% or 90% all the time. Like, that's that's not true. <laughs> like, um, you know, and, and so I, I can't boast. But uh, yeah, man, I stay in beer money. And that's what I find key to keeping it fun. Because when you go above that, um, it, it, it makes it not fun, man. I don't I don't like that. Yeah, that might be the secret. I, I very briefly got into uh, MMA betting. And, uh, you know, I got I got suckered in by the bonuses they give you up front for depositing oh, X yeah. dollars oh was i underprepared uh so i did not understand when i made like a 200 dollars deposit and they doubled it that i would not be able to withdraw my money until i spent like two grand yeah they fucking get you so i i'm i still have an account and then also 
they like only want to let me take out my money in Bitcoin, which is super frustrating un- until I hit a certain cap. So uh, what I had, I, 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 you know what though, it did, it did finally get me into Bitcoin. These, these books from having to do shuffling of accounts now to where like I would just leave a uh, little bits in and I forget, I forget about my Bitcoin wallet and then it just builds now. So I guess I can thank them for that, but it is annoying. Yes. Yeah. I might, I might have to hit you up for some advice later on how to withdraw my earnings. Cause I, I think I'm in the black right now and I'm not particularly interested and even just the like for a while there, a uh, shout out to Patrick over at MMA Mania. I would just go through his betting guide and do the exact same bets completely out of my hands. He usually makes some sort of profit over the year. Fear money, like you said. Um, but I, I, I've struggled to even keep up with weekly betting with the workload over at Fightful and ET Canada. So I just want to get my money out, dude. I don't I don't like having someone I I want to win. And rooting against them because I know I have money on the line, big or small. It turns out it's just not for me. Yeah, I'm really like moralistic dude, and so that's always hard too. So I'm always constantly having to admit my bias and state my bias mm-hmm. to listeners. I feel like I'm good about it. Uh, that wasn't the worry, but just seeing how every just the team versus team nature of our world, uh, especially within the betting or MMA world, it's just it's not one of my more attractive characteristics that I like or I, that I like to see. Uh, let's just say, but. I'm a degenerate at heart, so uh, I just like keeping it fun. And I feel you. I actually recently had to change my house these last couple months. So all the new houses that I'm a part of, I've actually been doing really well. And I'm like, oh, let, let me take a little bit. And I'm like, oh, crap. They have these like rollover rates. And so even though I'm doing well, I still haven't technically spent enough. Again, not bullshitting you guys. Nine-year-old with an allowance. So I, I feel you there, man. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, doing, I'm on the same grind. Dan, uh, are you okay to go a couple more minutes over? We just have a super chat. Let's so. rock. First of all, I want to thank Jobber uh, so much for a super chat. I'm really feeling the love from the Fightful fam this week. Um, and because you made a question, since you left us a question, I won't compliment you endlessly. But I don't know, drop into my DMs. Maybe I will. Uh, he says, here's a super chat with the great content. What's next? You see, I've been, I have been in a relationship since I was 18 years old. So we're going on eight years now which is it was unexpected i'm not one of these like high school sweetheart kind of guys you just you know sometimes you fight the right person you click you're willing to work on one another things stay good so i missed the tinder boat i missed dropping into people's dms i am so foreign to both the social etiquette of these formats and even what the words mean so if i say something weird to you take it with a grain of salt uh, <laughs> I love it. Anyways, love he it, says, man. "What's next for Tyson after Roy Jones Jr.?" Um, I think he wants to get that old man league off the ground. But do you suspect this being the start of Tyson on like some sort of Tyson comeback tour, or wh- where do you think he goes if he wins or loses? Uh, I I just think it's more weed, and maybe he ups the weed at Tyson Ranch to promotional weed, where it's like. Tyson Ranch sponsored events, and now he just becomes a promoter. You know, he does that whole thing. Like, the what did Alberto Del Rio, I think, came out of retirement, right? Tried, or something, talked about it. I don't know if that ever happened. And then, never mind, bad, bad example, bad shit happened to him. But I'm just saying these guys, like, they'll come out of the late career for a late fight and then parlay a business opportunity off of it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I guess I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Yes. I, I hope to visit the Tyson Ranch one day. Uh, yeah. Strictly me too. for document purposes because you're not allowed to be in canada and so fun fact i'll show you the story real quick um as someone who has never done anything remotely wrong in my life 
Uh, <laughs> if you are from Canada and you're traveling to the U.S. and the Border Patrol Customs say, hey, have you ever smoked weed? It's legal in Canada. If you say yes, they will hit you with a permanent ban from entering the country because the act is federally still illegal in the U.S. So we had a... We had a Apparently, it was political in nature, but uh, there was a period of time where people in Vancouver were getting per- lifetime bans from entering the U.S. for admitting they smoke weed, some even just once, somewhere where it's legal. What is this border war, man? Because it feels like they're just like punking people from both sides coming each way. That's the one part of like going to Canada that I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> I feel like the Canadians are nicer, but that's just... I'm sure they're much nicer. I'm saying coming back. Oh, yeah, I coming don't. Back I, again, yeah. American airports are the devil. What are you gonna do, right? Unfortunately, it's the it's the hub for what we do for a living. Um, I th- regarding uh, Tyson, I think you're right. Anderson Silva, man, every promotions. So I was fi- I was so excited because someone these other outlets finally picked up something that I reported. It was that one championship's not going to sign Anderson Silva and. I mean, I, I wasn't the first one to come up with this idea, but every other reporter who had, a t- who had an in with a promotion was like, hey, will you sign Anderson Silva? They all said no. I, I think at this point it's a money play. But I'm open to Roy Jones Jr. versus Anderson Silva. I'd like to see Anderson get that one since uh, Roy Jones is his idol. Hey, man, I, I think there's a better chance of seeing that than Anderson versus GSP. Yep. Speaking of Anderson fights that never happened. Uh, and But, yeah, man, I don't know. He's going to... He's going to have to, uh, he's in that point of his career, man. He's got to go find somewhere to make pictures and make some money. Yes. Uh, you can tell Ron Patel's into money because he's talked about Bitcoin. He's talking about weeds. I heard if you have weed stocks, they would arrest. I Listen, I wouldn't be surprised with what the U.S. would do to me. Um, closing statement. He asked, what's social etiquette? So I don't, like, I'm, I'm online for work so much. I try and stay off of it when I'm not working. I did not mm. understand for, for like a year there. When I was first starting to be more active on Instagram, that 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 self-conscious people sometimes have apps that track who's following and unfollowing them. So there have definitely been people. Granted, they're not people that I particularly care about. Who uh, I heard through the grapevines were upset with me because I unfollowed them. When the reality is, I only check my Instagram like once a week. So I only really care to see like the thirty people who I have close relationships with but i did i did through the, here through the grapevines keep a couple people uh you know were hurt it hit their ego that i chose to unfollow them but i really meant nothing by it i'm just a dumb boy you know what too that's weird because it's like but then there's a whole like you know accidental unfollow glitches and then twitter like seems to do that too but then i read something where like oh um if someone unfollowed you means like they blocked you or unblocked you at a certain point so i'm like oh wait so they did it to me i didn't do it i'm worried of like offending them like because i'll see people like i didn't remember unfollowing them they probably think i unfollowed them and i don't like them now and i go through that so much i'm like wait do i hit follow and now i look weird like am i admitting that i unfollowed them and then wait is it that other theory where they just hate my guts and they did it to me i i I would be like i'd be a complete (laughs) phony if i didn't admit to like like brian campbell the, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in MMA media. Um, Luke Thomas, Campbell? Dan Tom, you, you two first name people I don't have as much trust in. Um, but I love both those guys. We text, he follows me on Instagram, but he doesn't follow me on Twitter. So once in a while, he'll like retweet something that I've done, and I will fully admit that I'll unfollow him and then refollow him, hoping he sees the notification and realizing that he doesn't follow me back. So I'm definitely that clout chaser. I'll fully admit to it. 
it's okay. I don't think I have follows from either of those guys. I've never met Brian, although I think like we're uh, unkindred uh, spirits between our uh, interests and uh, really dirty sense of humor. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of him. I've always been a, a big fan of Luke and I've actually met Luke um, when we work, both work for Sirius and we would share the studio uh, when he would come in through Vegas. Um, so I, I have nothing but good things and good interactions with Luke. But yeah, I just figured both those guys are just, they've got too many people going on that even like, yeah. Even a, even like a blue check mark. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I have a lot of people that don't follow me, and I'm like, I don't take it personal. But then part of me is like, just because I'm like naturally uh, care more than I should. I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't do something to offend this no, person because I, totally I like this you, person. So it's not like I, I yeah, I, I get it. No, no, it's yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I th I think you actually did it to me. I'm like, hey Dan, thanks for the follow. It's like I honestly didn't realize I wasn't following you. So. Yeah, I think I might have sent you that because I thought I was already following you. Like, there's just a lot of people like yeah, that yeah. where I genuinely like didn't. Wasn't I following them already? And I don't know, I'm a, I'm an idiot, folks. Just no, we all default are. To don't, that. don't don't listen to us too much, uh, Dan. I yeah. want to thank you. Unless unless it's about odds, then for sure listen to Dan. But don't hit him up when you lose money. That is not his fault. That is your own. You put down the cash. How many people get upset with you <laughs> when your picks go awry? Dude, no one really does, to be honest. And I have some big betters that I do help out both privately and just uh, not including ones that just listen to my podcast, the Protect Your Neck podcast. Um, but no, man, it's more like I went on a, 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 a tangent, a stupid tangent. But yeah, you know what I get more of? It's just more of if I pick against a popular fighter that everybody loves, like a Khabib or something, everyone gets so I indignant. Like you just you just did something to their mother. Like and like, it, I don't know. It's just the weirdest thing. Like, relax, folks. I don't. Just because I pick against someone doesn't mean I hate them, or it's like it's MMA. Like people lose, even great oh people. my god! I, I can't tell you when I do like fighter pick videos and people root for Gaethje. <laughs> I just get thumb down after thumb down from Habib diehards, and I'm like, you're not hurting the fighters. You're only hurting my content. And I yes. didn't. I just asked the question, folks. I didn't do anything here. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I am traumatized from picking against Habib. Um, so, like, there's certain fighters, like, I think Figueredo just made that list. Like, he's gotten those vibes. And I'm a fan of Figueredo, but I found out, man, do not pick against him. People will get upset. <laughs> Dan, I, I want to thank you so much. You know, I, I got to cut myself off because I think we could go another 50 minutes easy. Uh, I'm going to let you say the final word here. So I'm just going to let everyone know now. Hit subscribe. Thank you to... Ron and Jobber for the super chat donations. Thank you to Joseph and everyone else in the live chat for engaging. Dan, where can people find you? What do you want to tell them about yourself? Uh, just far too kind. Thanks for having me and, and, and even me overstay a bit. Uh, we could talk forever. Hopefully, y'all can find me at Dan Tom MMA, where hopefully I'll have Shaq maybe on my program, the Protect Your Neck podcast. All that stuff, all my work is found there. So I'll just keep that plug short and simple and close by saying support Shaq, support this channel and all the content that he and it produces. Thank you so much. Anytime you want me on, I am there. Time for the shitty outro, everyone, for Fightful MMA. I'm Shaquille Madjuri, and stay tuned for everything Fightful and so delightful. Peace out. Fightful.com Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.